The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. <laughs> I am your host, Rydercat. You can find me at Rydercat on Twitter. You can find me at News Nurse Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And sound effects you've heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn One Agent underscore seventy on Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. What's up, everybody? Coming in, co-hosting from the Borough of Kings. There we go. Yeah. I'm just glad you didn't play anything twice because last night, the, the last time you did that, we got dinged for it. <laughs> oh, no! It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't anything serious. It was like, hey, 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 we just can't play this in certain com- countries. <laughs> but yes, folks, this is the Comic Book Chronicles, and you can find this podcast on the Coastal Podcast Network at CSPN.us. Do it today! <laughs> You can also find us on your podcast place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and leave us all the five-star reviews because that's important to help people find us on Apple Podcasts. Verily. And you can uh, find us uh, recording every, mostly every Thursday night. We're, we're on a Friday tonight, but you know, hey, things happen. Uh, but you can mostly find us on Thursday nights uh, recording live on uh, the YouTube channel of The Click Nation. That's YouTube.com slash The Click Nation and Twitch.tv slash Comic Book Chronicles. Again, make sure to hit like, subscribe, and hit the notification button so that you know when we are on recording live and broadcasting. We've got a pretty stellar week this week, I must say, in the words of uh, Ed Grimley. Because not only, as we were, are about to start with, uh, have the finale of uh, Star Wars Ahsoka, which is episode 8 of season 1, possibly, maybe, we don't know, um, And but uh, season 2 premiere of Loki season 2, which we'll get into after that, and then we're going to get into a, um, a good bit of books, some good stuff this week. So, without further ado, let us start off with our spoiler-free recap as uh, Agent 70 preps the bell. Um, spoiler light because we will be talking about lots of Star Wars stuff and a little bit of speculation on our part as to where things may go from here so here we go spoilers incoming at least the lightest spoilers for the first season of Ahsoka the last episode of it in 3, 2, 1 
so the uh so yeah episode eight which is again the the, the finale of season one or possibly the series uh we don't know at this point uh is called uh the jedi the witch and the warlord which is funny on two reasons which because i feel like someone made the allusion to the lion the witch and the wardrobe uh in a in a um in an easter egg video that i've that I saw a couple weeks, uh, a week or two back, but also, funnily enough, has a, a similar structured name as one of the books that I read. Or actually, both of us read uh, this week, um, which is kind of funny. But we'll get to that book in a moment. Um, so yeah, we um, basically Ahsoka and crew got to various places on the chessboard. Um, Things happened. This is me going broad. First of all, um, um, there, there, there may or may not have been another reunion. There should have been. There should, personally, have been uh, an after credit scene, but there was not. No, that's a Marvel thing. And spoiler alert: be the first time. We just got one. We did. We did. Anyway, um, we'll get to that yeah, in a uh, Carry on. But yes, um, we got a couple of good, well, yeah, we got actually a couple of good fights. We, yes, uh, we, yes, we, yes, we got some interesting action sequences as well. Yes, I was happy to see the, I guess, the, um, let's say the last fight between a couple of people. Uh, right. Which ended up being the last fight. Right, 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 right. You know what? You know, you know who they could have used in this episode? Uh, uh, Sheriff Rick and uh you know maybe uh Shane too. You couldn't protect Rick. <laughs> you know, the, 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 I thought that was kind of an amusing twist uh in this episode, you know. I I am assuming that's a Walking Dead reference that I, but I, that I yes. barely yes that yes, I yes, yes. I barely caught with us. Yes, yeah. Yes. I gathered that much off of it, but I was like, well, I have not seen enough of it to know where that came in. So, but I, but I grasped gotcha, it. Gotcha. I grasped it. Yeah. I tried to, I tried to think of like, you know, obviously Rick Grimes is the main lead character for a lot of that book mm-hmm. and, and series. So I figured I'd use him first. And Shane is, was played by, um, uh, uh wasn't it? what's that? Was that uh Berenthal? Yeah. John Berenthal. Thank yeah. you for the name. Mm-hmm. I was going to say the Punisher. Yeah, uh, I was about to. Why do I even know that? That's a, that's the funny part about it. John Bernthal, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, um, but yeah, um, it it is a very curious. We we are left in a very curious place where in, where some uh some characters are, uh, in the galaxy. Right, uh, right, and where some characters find themselves in their careers in their life histories you know because what what is always something that i have to remind myself is that we have learned about the star wars story in the distant future from where these characters are you know like uh like a full generation after and it's kind of interesting to 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 see to to, to know that some of these characters you know may not you know, you know, may may have their stories being told, you know, in other parts of the galaxy, and that's why their stories are lost to time, or at least unknown to some of the people that are uh, that are at the forefront of the uh, 
the the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's just interesting to to, to see it from that perspective. Sure. Uh, you know, I'm just like, oh, these people. You know, like this is you know we we, we may le- we may learn why we don't know too much about them, uh, or, or why these characters don't know too much about them. But right. also, I wanted to say, and I think this is prevalent on most people's minds especially the people who understand that star wars the star wars corner of the disney empire is building towards a movie an avengers like movie that's going to draw in and draw together the current crop of live action star wars into a movie and this is just another stage of that setup and i have to remind myself of that like we're not getting like any sort of finalized story here. Right. And also possibly a lead in to what, as you alluded to, what we know is going to come at a later date with the, the, the sequel tri- uh, trilogy. Mm-hmm. Cause there's definitely shades of that. That's kind of been thrown in there here and there with this, with the current batch of shows that's been going on and wherever, you know, whatever product comes out of uh, where we see some of these characters next. And right. that movie specifically, right, right, right. So, so. <sighs> it's kind of hard to talk about it without actually just just blatant saying, "Hey, this yeah. happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, this right. happened." Right. And I think you know, and I think you know, it's obviously only been out for a few days, so we're not going to spoil it. But I think it's fair and right to say that. Even if you don't know what happens to Ray Stevenson's character in this episode, it is, you know, it was always a tragedy that he passed away too soon, but it is awful. It's, it, it actually, I, I feel hurt by that and seeing, you know, thinking about what could still be the case and listen, they could always recast. You could always recast, mm-hmm. you know, this is not the same as I hate to say this is not the same as Chadwick and Black Panther. Right. You know, they did a roundabout, technically did a roundabout with that. But, um, right. but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. So and who, I mean, who's to say they could be like, well, this character is still over here and pretty much everybody else is going to be in a different place. You know, so uh, but I do like uh, on that point. um, how where we last see that character because i I don't know if it was an an intentional tribute to his passing but i felt like like as as scenes go you know uh that felt pretty fitting for him and that character yeah Uh, yeah and obviously it's a it's a callback to a particular uh, uh clone wars episode group of episodes Mm-hmm. That I don't look, I don't look fond, I don't look back fondly on those episodes, to be honest. Well, you know, you take the cake as it is. You know, some of it, yeah. some of it's done, some of it's not. I know, I know. I know. So uh, that we mean, need, I was gonna say, I, I know you don't like him, but justice for Zeb. <laughs> you know, sure. I mean, I, we were we talked about that and last we week. We got one good shot of Hera in this episode. See, one. So there was silly. one. So silly. <laughs> there was one. Damn it. That was actually, you know what? I'm I, without giving too much of it away. That was a pretty touching scene. Yeah, 
Yeah, it could have been more emotional, but we got one good shot of Hera, damn it. But it, but it did put it. Well, I think we know what kind of shot you were looking for of her, but uh, that's <laughs> right. That's right. Which it always bugs me out. It, well, it's always tripping me out that I keep forgetting that she and she and um, you and McCrane are married. Like, wait, I keep forgetting that. That's weird. That is so fucking wild. <laughs> Uh, but anyhow, good, but yeah, good for both of them. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, there was an article I also saw that, that actually reminded me of speaking of going back to the whole Grogu thing because it was like, yeah, the, apparently their child is like crazy about Grogu, and I'm like, well, who isn't? Um, right, right. So, oh, you but, know what? What's but, funny about that mm-hmm. is that we were talking in our pre-production meeting. We make I make it sound like we're so we're such professionals. Our pre-production meeting is literally like us chit-chatting before we start the show. Right, right, but. In our pre-production meeting, we were discussing whether or not Ahsoka would receive a second season or not. Right. Roddy Cat is of the mind that they they might, and That's I'm possible. not. I'm not disagreeing here, but I have the sneaking suspicion that they won't go with a season two, but rather work the characters where they are at the end of the first season of Ahsoka into another series, the way they reunited Din Djarin or Din Djarin and Grogu in the book of Boba Fett series. So that's my guess. Right. Um, I could be wrong. Roddy cat could be wrong. You know, yeah. either one of us could be right, but I, that, that, that my suspicion is that they're not going to go all in on a second season, but rather, uh, explore where each of the character, where you know there are a group of characters that are set up in uh, Ahsoka and find themselves in certain places at the end of the season. We will probably revisit them in like a side story, or I don't want to say background, but like in another aspect, like a like a tangent to another series. I don't know if it's going to be the Jude Law series or if it's going to be something else. Right. So here's my thought process is that and it, goes, it goes on two fronts and kind of partially off of what you're saying, because they could. You're right. They may not do it. But at the same time, one, Ahsoka is a, a, a popular enough character where they would they would at least think about pitching it, because as as we found out, we and we did not know at the time uh, the Mandalorian ended up being as popular as it was for whatever odd reason and getting three seasons, not just one. Cause we figured, Hey, that could have been one and done. And he shows up someplace else, you know, mm-hmm. but it turns out, no, we got two more seasons and they even backdoored you know, Boba Fett out of that. And, you know, and back and forth actually, cause Boba Fett kind of, kind of, kind of backdoored season three of uh, Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Hell, Ahsoka came in through, <laughs> came back in through uh, the Mandalorian. Right. So I, that they're in, kind of starts my reasoning to where they could do it but what you're saying about yeah they don't necessarily they, they might not do that and just kind of have as they have done once again with the book of Boba Fett, or, or actually with probably both and mandalorians like hey we we get the um, we get the title character here in the opening and they cut to something completely different for the right. whole rest of the episode which could right. be a, a, a you know a soccer right. and and what's going on with her? And who knows? We may eventually uh, see Cobb Vanth and his unnaturally nice hair again. Could you know what? All all things are possible. I, I suspect. Like I said, I don't. 
I suspect the Filoni verse is going to have uh, many, many cameos before it's all right. said and done. So it could go either way, you know. That is my is my bottom of mind with it. But I, I feel fairly certain. No, I don't. I I feel like a, a season two is possible. Gotcha. More probable than not, maybe. Yes. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So, because yeah, because right. like so, you said with the Jude Law series, we don't know what's going on with that and what else else is going on that uh, Filoni might be said. Uh, so maybe some stuff out of Bat, whatever that next season Bad Batch is probably going to shoot into that, even though that's kind of before this. But um, yeah, it could be. Who'd say the Filoni verse is, uh, is is bountiful at this point? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Anyway. More hair. Um, <laughs> See, and that's the other thing because there, there's definitely going to bring that side, uh, that stuff back up because leaving it like it is is like you know clearly they're yeah. they're, they're going to show up someplace else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, More hair. More. So Hera. with that, right. we're going to push uh, on mm. to uh, talking about uh, season two, uh, episode one of Loki, which which uh, was called was dropped literally hours ago yep yep uh and the name of the first episode is called ouroboros but you might call him ob wait so pardon my interruption here no go did this drop thursday a.m or thursday p.m uh thursday p.m it was not ah it was not because i didn't watch it until this morning yeah neither did i well, this afternoon this afternoon right. actually so. but i saw as a matter of fact i was on twitter and said hey the season two streaming now and that which we i think we had a thing had talked about it anyway so right because we had talked about you know because my schedule this week dictated that i could not make a thursday night recording but uh we also talked about when we would catch up with loki so because my schedule pushed us into recording today it gave us a chance to to watch this episode and i think it was good that we did because we have quite a lot to talk about right yeah um, it, it that's non-spoilery right that's non-spoilery mm-hmm. um but you know there are a few things that we do know uh one of them is that obviously we're picking up essentially right where we left off mm. at the end of season one so if you watch Season. If you rewatch season one, I think you will be ready to watch this episode because you're jumping right back into the fray, quite literally jumping right back into the fray. And with just this and episode, the, and to cut you off just for one second, let you get back to your, your point. The trailer uh, for season two. If you watch that, you know, and and you've watched season one, you kind of get the gist of something. Like there are some things you're not going to get, but you can kind of get the gist of what's what uh, right. what they're going for with the season two. Right. I, I I found myself shying away from trailers. Sure. Just because I'm, you know, I, I I'm I'm, you know, I don't know why I've become like this, but I I'm I'm becoming more, uh, more accustomed is the wrong word. I think more. I uh, I, I lean more toward going into something fresher after only one trailer. You know, we've talked about this with on the movie side, and I think with with Loki, I probably saw like one commercial. I was like, "All right, that's enough. That's good for me." You See, know, that's the thing though, because it, it yeah. risks the point of everything getting spoiled before you when you start watching you know, trailer after trailer after trailer. Right, so right, I, right, so right, if right. that is your reason for doing it, I totally get it. Right, right. So that may be why. You know, I just need a little bit of 
incentive, a little bit of primer, a little bit of lead information. Otherwise, I'm ready to go in and just, uh, you know, and, 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 and take it all in. Right. Yeah, totally. But getting back to what I was saying, you know, if you if, if all you do is rewatch season one or catch the end of season one and then jump right into the first episode of season two, you're fine. Because, as I said, you're literally dropping right into the next steps of the story. And, the, you know, without spoiling everything, we already know that uh, uh, the character that, that the actor Ki Hui Kwan uh, appears in this series. <laughs> and there is one line that like stuck out to me and i'm having you know and 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 let's just say i'm having trouble reconciling things (laughs) uh i was like oh okay and his you know like his like his like his adult comedic timing plays so well in this story Mm. like the way the actor the, the 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 character that he's given to play the 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 overall mood of the tva you know which is where he is um, you know, like obviously Owen Wilson is there, Hiddleston is there, they get to play, you know, com- you know they, they get to bounce off each other, you know, with their, uh, with both their dramatic and comic, uh, timing. So they all, they're all kind of, you know, bouncing off each other. It's very, very fun. Um, I would say that the tie in, you know, we talked about this in our news, um, and it happened here in Brooklyn, uh, a, a, a local Mickey D's, a local McDonald's was transformed into an 80s McDonald's as a as a series tie in. And you see the results of that, not in the episode proper, but in the mid credit scene. Right. You know, that's it's obviously a tease for something to come in the future. But, you know, as I said, we've already understood that at some point an 80s version of McDonald's would come uh would 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 play some sort of role mm-hmm. and in this kind of time time tripping time slipping you know you know i i feel like i could hear dmx saying you know stop slipping um every time they said time slipping you know or you know if you're a little older you can go be like you'll be like time keeps on slipping into the future oh that's right i was about to say who you who sampled that a lot of people actually yeah, a lot uh, of people e- EPMD is the one that comes to mind but right uh but yeah there's a few people that sample that yeah so but but uh but yeah that's that you know to me that was Loki season 2 episode 1 in a nutshell is that you know we got a lot you know like we basically picked the story up where we left off and uh you know the, the, there are a couple of you know, I'm not the biggest fan of time travel, to be honest. And you, sound like you know, I struggle with that. Who do I sound like? I feel like Tim. I feel like Tim has said that, uh, a similar thing, or maybe it's opposite. I can't remember. But no, 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 no. Tim says he struggles with magic. Yes, that is true. That part is true. Yeah. Well, he's gonna love gods then. But anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a little. Well, that's not even teaser for for later on. But you know, hey. It is what it is. So yeah, um, yeah, we, we got um, uh, we we have uh, Loki season two uh, in full full steam. So the only one thing I'm going to say, and then we can push on, is that, and this is probably going to sound slightly bad, but uh, Ki uh, uh, um, Hu Kwan's uh, portrayal, which is in one part adorable, he's a grown ass man, uh, but also still feels like shades of uh, short round, just a little bit. 
And maybe just that's just me thinking. I was like, no, this is a time and place. This is where I know him from, and it, and it's not necessarily as a, that. As opposed to as opposed to the Goonies character. Yes, as opposed to the Goonies character, because Data was like, well, wasn't that far off. But yeah, yeah, it put him much more more so, you know, more so uh, um, Temple of Doom. <laughs> so it's your fault, not mine. <laughs> Yeah. So, that, but but like I said, the, the, and that's just for probably for people who you know who know that character from for those two things mentioned and, and see him in that whole thing. Like he, he has grown and has I done. Mean, see him done now, right. I see him now. Like the way the way he was what he was doing was very very everything everywhere all at once. Right. right. Which I still have yet to see. Very yeah. much. Oh no, you got to watch that. I know. I know. I got to. And um, uh, he's in um American Born Chinese also. Yeah, make time to watch. I still, I tried watching American Born Chinese. Like, it's such a teen, you know. Like, I'm just too old for that shit, you know. But it's just one know. of those things. I, I just, oh god. Boy, I'm just too old for this shit. I'm just you know? Mich- Michelle Yeoh. I know, I know. I'll, I'll try to go back and revisit it. I, I watched a chunk of it, and I was just kind of like, oh, with the teen BS, you know. You so. can tell it's a, it's a, it's a, a, a YA book or based off of a YA graphic novel. So yeah. Even though it supposedly is different from the from the from the graphic yeah, it's different. Still. It's different. It definitely it definitely veers away from it. So be that as it may, Loki season two is out there. Um, uh, next week we'll well we'll see. We'll talk about next week's plans next week, but uh, we'll we'll definitely. Uh, oh yeah, we'll talk about it at the more. end of the show because dun, 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 New York Comic Con <laughs> is next week. Oh, we got news on that. Trust and yep, believe. Yep. We'll talk. That. And with that, we're going to go into the books of the week, starting off with, and I got this queued up, thankfully, Fantastic Four, number 12. Fantastic Four, number 12, is written this month by Ryan North, with art by Ivan Coelho, colors by Jesus Abertov, and letters by VCs Ariana Mar. We had an interesting uh, next issue page <laughs> last month in FF. Mm-hmm. And it was essentially the cover of this issue. And the cover of this issue actually does happen in this issue. Dinosaurs don't just roam the earth, rule the earth. But it's not what you think. In this issue, we find a li- it's a little bit of incursion style storytelling mm-hmm. right when i when i when i was reading i was like oh this is incursion stuff i'm glad you picked up right? on that because i had that in my notes also of course it's very much incursion stuff and you know very much even crisis on infinite earth stuff mm-hmm. and you know without spoiling too much obviously you may want to look at the cover of this issue and you get an idea that oh that this is kind of interesting there's some family stuff that's explored in this, but I think my favorite part of this issue was the cliffhanger page at the end. <laughs> because just when you think, you know, here I am kind of semi-quoting Madison from, uh, from, <laughs> She-Hulk. <laughs> from She-Hulk. <laughs> just well, when you think the story is about week, so. to end. You know who has to jump in. <laughs> you know who has to jump in dramatically. 
It's not an FF story, even in an alternate universe in the multiverse without this character sometimes. Sometimes. And this character makes a grand entrance on the last page of this book. And I couldn't help. I'm sorry? No, no. I was about to say a very befitting this character's entrance. Yes, I could not help but like kind of laugh with glee when I saw this. <laughs> and I know I talked about this with Roddy Cat in our pre-production meeting. I can attest to that. He certainly did. Um, so, yeah, so he pretty much uh, pretty much burned this down. But it's not just dinosaurs, folks. We get the assemblage of a whole ass dinosaur Avengers. Right. In, in this world, uh, folks, which I'm sure if you've been following the news, you, you've seen or saw the cover, which if you're... Um, if you are, are watching the video version of this here podcast, you can see the cover right there uh, in all its glory. So it was, uh, yeah, it was definitely a pretty fun read, which I, as I noted, it was like, yeah, this is the second time they ended up in a situation where they were the aliens. <laughs> right. And, and took a, and there was a language barrier at first, but they, they didn't do the same thing they did in, in that, that last time. So right now it's been probably hitting, hitting on some very fun stuff in this book. Yeah. You know, um, so I must say I, I'm, I've been enjoying it so much. And I assume they're still going to get almost not necessarily making me forget because they even touched on it in this particular issue. But an overarching thing that uh, the FF's kind of trying to get back to um, that that came up uh, a couple of times during, during the course of this this issue. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was it was a pretty uh, fun read this weekend. Um, there was a, a there was a particular oh as, as I as Agent Seventy and I talked to about um, uh, before the show. Um, there was and I think we probably talked about it on the show pro- properly before, but um, there was the issue of uh, Sue's doctorate that came up in this issue, and right. as Seventy was has kind of mentioned, like yeah, I think that's something that's pretty much already been there before but it with everything that is going on in the history of the book it, you or history of uh the characters you know you kind of don't remember whether what or whether that's the case but regardless it has been a thing that's been coming up in this volume and we've kind right. of wondering like well what what in the world is she a doctorate in and when does she get it and that has been answered um partially comically which i which i enjoyed that part of which is what i'm what uh the part i was getting to it's like it was pretty comically uh uh answered i was like oh 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 my <laughs> yeah they made a joke out of it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah they made a joke out of it so but um but yeah but oh no of, what's that my recording didn't start oh well, i got I, I got my answer we're, we're good we i'll start, start it now up. yeah we'll be good um Our- but, um, what was I going to say? But yeah, yeah, from that, um, it goes into the, to the rest of the story, um, and, and all of its, uh, glory. So yeah, if you get a chance to, uh, check that out, you should do so. You don't necessarily need to know what's going on, uh, previous to this to, to, um, to get a sense of. You know, of the story, because it's kind of like a one or two done, you know, and done. That's like the last arc or the last story, which is like, a, hey, it's a two issue thing. And, you know, we're going we're getting back to the to the thing. But 
uh, the thing I was going to also mention is there was like a, a real world reference uh, in this book in relation to uh, Sue's doctorate and the, the person she kind of idolizes from it. Right. So I was like, oh, wait, is this an actual person? I, fig- I, didn't, sure? I was about to say, I did not do the research. I figured that was a real person. Yeah, and I did. So I was like, oh, interesting. I did not know that. Uh, 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 but um, good on, good on, um, good on, good on the FF crew for, for so throwing some knowledge in there. Because a, a fictional character was also referenced, uh, so which means that what what which wouldn't be surprised because hey, Disney and <laughs> Disney Lucasfilm synergy with Marvel at this point, yes, you know, is yes. it was, it's not the first time that character has appeared in the pages of a Marvel comic. Let's say totally, yeah, even at, <laughs> originally having a book, <laughs> exactly with Marvel, exactly. Which I'm kind of funny. I'm surprised which they haven't brought that back out. Or they haven't done anything with that. Uh, but then we got Dr. Afro, which is not the same thing, but still. Right. So anyway, uh, FF12, uh, good good read uh, there. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next issue. And also, apparently, something that's probably going to come up again got kind of teased that I can't remember if we knew about or not, which I think we did, but I don't remember because, like I said, it's been 12 issues and probably plus when this might have popped up. Actually... Less than 12 issues. So when everything went down, uh, we mm-hmm. found out it was like six issues. So Because we, we, we found out that uh, one of the characters may or may not have a secret that the audience may know about, but I can't remember or not. It's a secret. Exactly. But I feel like we, the audience may know about it. It's just, it's just so much has happened since, since then. Who knows? But... Yep. Well, but we're going to find out about it at some point when that stuff rolls back around again. And with that, we go into the next book that we're going to talk about, which is going to be an X Corner with uh, Immortal X-Men number 16. Immortal X-Men number 16 is written by Kieran Gillen with art by Lucas Vernick, colors by David Curiel, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. Immortal X-Men number 16 takes us to uh, helps us catch up with, you know, uh, the characters who are looking to exploit the fall of Krakoa, namely Sebastian Shaw and Celine. Um, we see them confront in this book, um, Professor Xavier and uh, Professor Xavier is like, uh, be gone with thee. But you know, he has to uh, figure out what he needs to barter with these folks in order to get them to go away. Mm-hmm. And he he found that out fairly quickly, which uh, I thought that was a interesting and but weird shift because it was like, wait, this issue was going one way until that started happening. Mm-hmm. Well, at least this this part of the issue, I say, because there's a couple of things that's going on in, in here. But um, right. And then it was like, right. I was about to say, we'll get to the other part, right? You know, in a second, yeah. But with this part, it was like, oh, we, this is going on. But wait, <laughs> skirt. We're just mm-hmm. gonna redirect you over here real quick. Yeah, exactly. I was like, wait a second, Sebastian Shaw is doing his best War Machine impression. Impression, right? So, like, which is hey, not bad armor. I'm pretty sure there's. I I I don't know if we're gonna get a figure of that uh, anytime soon. Yeah, but, imagine, you know. huh? I said, imagine, yeah. I assume probably, I don't know. Given 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 how this uh, this uh, book is this issue is taken, and the the um, 
the the thing about the armor has already been out there in an article or, or five already, so I'm pretty sure maybe that might stoke up some some buzz for a figure. And it's kind of sad that you have to think about this in terms of figures, but hey, it is it, it's a thing that that comes up every now and then, as we have said before. Yep. yep. But on the other side of that, which is still kind of slightly boggling my mind, uh, just a slight bit. Um, if you're watching the video version of the character uh, of the of the show, you see uh, a certain character who has been gone for a while, but has recently come back, who is playing a part of this book as themselves, but something. Mm-hmm. Like he's going back to going back to his old, his old ways in a way. Yeah, I guess you you can say that. But also, we mm-hmm. c- kind of get a little bit more with the other displaced mutants and uh, what what they're dealing with. Right, we get a little bit of a revelation yes. uh, in more. I was about to say that you know you can you can read into that particular word several ways when it comes to reading this book mm-hmm. and this issue in particular. Mm-hmm. Because it damn sure comes up. Uh, uh, they they kind of hit you with it a few different times toward the end of the book. It's like, oh, yeah, we we get it. We get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. We, well, now that we got that little slight piece of the mystery pinned out, like, as, a, as I was talking to Agent 70 before the show, may or may not want to read the Jean Grey miniseries that may... Um, uh, you know, kind of uh, play a part, or or may reference a part of what's going on in this issue of it. Right, I think that I think it's going to be you know it's it's going to play into it. It may not. Yeah, I I think I I think that's the best way to put it is that it references it because the main story of what's happening to Gene is probably in that miniseries, but the. I guess the the looking at it from the outside is where we, you know, is what we find out here. Right. You know, that's what we see reflected in, in in the story in these pages is that Jean Grey miniseries, but from an outside perspective. That's that's a pretty heavy spoiler, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, especially well, if you've been keeping up. With if you haven't read it, right? Exactly. Right. If you haven't read the Jean Grey series yet, right. So it's all connected, as they say. It may maybe uh, maybe small, but it's somehow still significant, right? <laughs> um, and I I was thinking about Age of Seventy, and before we were born, I was thinking about Age of Seventy with this because there was a um, a little part with Destiny, which I know is a character. Oh, you had to! I was just thinking that I was flipping through the book, and I was like, I hate Destiny. <laughs> so I hate uh, Destiny then. I hated Destiny then. I hate <laughs> Destiny now. I hate Destiny. Right. She's a terrible character. <laughs> there was also an Eminem moment if if if, if you um read a certain really? Yeah, if you read a certain line that a character says that uh, actually the character on the uh, on the cover says uh in a certain way, you can you yeah. can uh you can think of some Eminem there. I was like, now I'm scrolling. I was about to say you can move on to but yeah, so there's her. There's her. Oh, going I see on. it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's sad that's the first thing I went to, but it's not the first time I've seen that ref- or a similar reference uh, in the page of a comic book in in recent history. So it's kind of funny when I see it when I catch it. Um, but yeah, the, the so the whole thing with Destiny and the the, the displaced mutants as uh, she kind of gets shut down for a second. But you know, I, I assume there's going to be a, a another part played 
uh, with her and what's going on in that section, given the reason they had to um, kind of focus on her in that one particular part of this uh, issue. So, but we shall see. Because like there's a part of that that's just like, so wait, part of this doesn't make any sense, but I guess we're the revelations part is what we're is kind of seeding into that. Which I guess if you think about it, now that I think about it, the one revelation that we, the big revelation that we kind of get is like, okay, that's feeding into this other right. smaller stuff that we're, catch, uh, we're, that we're catching. So right. there is that. And with that, we're going to move on to the, um, the other X book that we both read this week. Which I guess was the only other X book that we've both read, now that I think about it. Uh, X-Men right. number 27. X-Men number 27 is written by Jerry Duggan with art Jerry Duggan with art by Phil Noto. Letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. And uh, Phil Noto does the coloring on this. That's why there is no colorist. <laughs> right. I had, to, I had to stop and think, oh, yes, that's right. It is Phil Noto art. Right. Which... Given some of the stuff that I know Noto, that I've known of Noto's art, this is kind of slightly different from his from his earlier stuff. Like it's it's looser, yes, because there are a lot of characters. Yes, that's that's my take on it. I yeah. noticed it as mm-hmm. I was reading. I was like, oh, it's Noto, but you can see Noto shine when he's doing talky talky scenes. Right. I hate to say that, and there's a slightly you know, different style, uh, right. than what. You wouldn't know if you've seen some of his covers. Uh, the, 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 see, I can pick up on that now. So this is, this is it's a good thing. But um, hey, I was about to say, look at look at the evolution of Roddy Cat as a comic book uh, fan and commentator and critic. You know, he's looking at the art from a different perspective. That perspective now, after all these years, and this won't be the first book this week that I will have an, an art perspective on. Actually, um, there you go. So look out for that. But yeah, so we catch up with, uh, if you're watching the video version, we, you're, um, you're seeing, well, partially who this, uh, this, uh, this issue is about, and that one, Scott Summers' uh, Cyclops, or at least we get the whereabouts of he and another uh, character, thanks to uh, Shadowcat uh, right. and, and her mission. Uh, but we also get into something, well, a situation that has been kind of touched on and teased with very rarely that's been out there for a minute at this point. And agent 70 kind of had, and I were talking before the show about when did that whole thing happened that involved, uh, the fantastic four and, uh, more specifically a, a member of the fantastic four and, you know, tried to do our best to kind of put that whole timeline together. But there's a lot of things happening in this part of the corner. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, but, I think we got we pinned down to some some more of a place. The other thing that I'm kind of curious about is where the hell does Rasputin Four character come and came into play? Because I know the character's been there from for a minute and came where they came from, but I was like, when did this character actually? Sins of Sinister, was it? Yep. Okay, maybe I need to go back and read some of that then because I was like, I don't maybe I don't remember that that clearly when that happened or which book that happened in because there was a lot going on there also. Yeah. but that being the case, that's that's a little side work for for myself. Um, but apparently, her and and, um, and Kamala have become besties almost uh, <laughs> to a point, which leads to not necessarily uh, leads to comedy, but there is some comedy. There's some uh, amusement that happens with um, uh, the interaction between Rasputin and the FF. 
Right, who guest starred in this issue. Exactly. So. If we have not said that before. Um, and uh, and at the end, we get Sinister being Sinister, which I'm, I'm kind of curious about that last page because it was like, I'm wondering if... Uh, well, Sinister and another character is kind of talking, and I kind of wonder if he knows about the status of this uh, of this other character. All right. You know what? I was kind of curious about one thing because the FF guest starring in this, and I'm like, wait, did they know that Kamala came back or was never all that gone? They didn't react. Right. Seeing her in an X-Men uniform. So I'm assuming that her running around with the X-Men is more public knowledge now. Either that or maybe at some point. I feel like in that in the book that she came back in, she ended up going to the FF for some reason. But I probably is totally uh, that, uh, that's probably totally not what happened. And I can't remember that. You know, right. I just thought of it now. Like I didn't bump on it when I was reading it. But oh, no, I, I thought of it, it then. Yeah. So I'm, I'm with you on that because it was like, well, yeah, because they didn't. But also you got to think about the FF. Like they've seen a lot of shit. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's, at the same point, it's like, you know what? Sure. We've seen people come back a half a dozen times already, so I guess we shouldn't be surprised about that. Um, but because that Miss Marvel is in this um, is is in this issue, kind of leads to another throwback, uh, uh, callback to another event um, uh, involving mutants. I, I'll I'll just stop right there and say that that uh, apparently ends up being um, a thing that's going to help them in the long run. Right. So, which who'd have thunk who'd have thought that was going to be the case? Um, Very weird. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, that's that's a that's a that's a pretty good refer back uh, for for something that could go any number of dozen and half a dozen ways or nowhere at all. Who's to say? Um, right. But yeah, so the whole FF and X Men thing has got a little history and as a uh, uh, and as also Kate didn't want to be reminded of in, in the beginning of this. And then, cause that, this whole issue kind of bring me, Oh, right. That, Oh, right. That I had that a, like a couple of different times in, uh, in the, in the reading of this issue, um, with this. So pretty good. Um, and, uh, carrying the story forward. And I guess we'll see what, what ends up happening with the, with what is gained out of this issue. And with that, and I say, I just said themselves, uh, Seven's got something else. We can push over into the uh, the rapid fires. No, we're starting rapid fire reviews. All right, I got time to read. All righty, so Roddy Cat and I have several books in common this week, so we will both be chiming in on some of these. But the first one that I do not have in common, and the only one is Batman number 138. It's written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Jorge Jimenez, colors by Tomo Mori, and letters by Clayton Cowles. Not hanging out with VC, obviously, because he's doing some freelance work here. Uh, I was just curious about where what was happening in the pages of Batman because it's been a while for me. And I noticed that Zdarsky is mining a particular story or character aspect of Batman that I am unfamiliar with. And I'm just kind of like, oh, I guess I'll just wait until this particular arc is over. But I'm sure it's going to play a role in future stories. So, you know, we'll see. We'll wait. I'll just, you know, kind of keep tabs on it. But I may not be following it that closely. 
Next up is Black Panther number five. It's written by Eve L. Ewing with art by Mac Chater. Um, colors by Andrew Dullhouse and letters by VCs Joe Sabino. So both Roddy Cat and I read this. I freely admit I missed Black Panther number four, which is the issue in which Deathlock and Black Panther had it out. Roddy Cat says, I did miss it and I didn't really miss anything at the same time. Pretty much. It's a good fight and whatnot. And so a couple of little bits of info, but not much that, that would, you know, that you would need to kind of focus on. Right. So essentially, you know, this issue refocuses on uh, Black Panther's um, uh, kind of kind of street level um, uh, work on the streets of Birnin uh, T'Chaka. And ultimately, you know, he is, uh, you know, dealing with factions who are not just, you know, you know, warlords or street thugs, but they're also tapped into some of the um, more mystical elements of Wakanda's history. Yep, pretty much. How much else is that? So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's 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 it. This is really just another uh, step in Eve L. Ewing's story, mm-hmm. but. You know, it, it kind of re it re recenters the story on the the happenings in Bune and Tachako. Next up is Doctor Strange number eight. It's written by Jed McKay with art by Pasquale Ferry, colors by Heather Moore, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. I will say that this issue had a very nice art. Uh, it had a very nice look. I like the look of this issue. Pasquale Ferry does an ex, you know an excellent job on this and Heather Moore's colors really do pop on the page in this book. Um, I missed Dr. Strange number seven. Uh, I, you know, it might've been one of those busy weeks, might've been a week when we just didn't get it in time. I never circled back to it, but, um, ultimately I don't think I needed it. I think that Dr. Strange number eight did enough to get me caught up on what probably happened in Dr. Strange number seven. And I, I really liked some of McKay's characterizations for some of these, you know, longstanding characters, as well as, you know, some newly some some newer developments for certain characters. Um, I really did enjoy reading this. Um, I definitely think, you know, this would be a strong contender for click of the week for me if I didn't have kind of a clear number one choice. And that's it for me. Um, and I'm just going to add to the Doctor Strange thing by saying this was the book I was alluded to with that has the similar title to uh, the um, to uh, Ahsoka uh, Ahsoka's finale. <laughs> oh. They pretty much did the same treatment, uh, a similar treatment to that. Which I probably funny. glossed over it. Yeah, I just happened. To, I was like, because I was, I was like. Yeah, I don't know. I just happened to catch it for some reason because I a lot of times I end up glossing over the title also of of the issue. So, but with that, uh, we get over into my books, which folks, oh my goodness, this has um, this has been let's just say highly anticipated uh, for myself, uh, which is Transformers number one from Skybound Entertainment. Folks, it is it is uh, it has happened. It is now upon us. Oh, thank you for that. Um, so I'm going to say for those who remember 
the 84 cartoon fondly, I'm going to say this is going to um, not be that in, in ah! certain ways. <laughs> they have pretty much re- kind of... Um, I don't want to say MC... See, I haven't seen enough of those Transformers movies to say this with any authority. So I can't say that they MCU-fied it uh, or whatever the the um, Transformers movie equivalent, the, the, the Hasbro-verse uh, uh, equivalent of that is. But in a way, there kind of is because while there are things that don't play out the same way that the cartoon did... Um, it's still interestingly uh, interesting enough. Although there's going to be some people that's going to be very upset, possibly mm. very upset about a couple of things, or at least one particular thing, but a couple of things that happen uh, during the course of this issue. And if you have been keeping up with Void Rivals, which I probably, well, I'll probably save that for when we get to to that later on in the thing. But um, the, the last Void Rival was kind of amusing in that it just did a quick jump to, uh, Hey, remember transformers is, uh, is in this universe. <laughs> so, um, that being said, actually I should probably give the, um, the, the, uh, I'm, I was so excited about the book that I forgot to give the, 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 uh, the, the right, the, the creative, the, the creative team. team credits. So it's written in an art was done by Daniel Warren Johnson with colors by Mike Spicer uh, and letters by Russ Wooten. This is a potential click of the week for me, if that wasn't already apparent. Um, and I'm just going to say that uh, with everything else I said, this is also going away, which is was inevitable to basically bring in the Joes. Uh, in well, at least reference the fact that possibly GI Joe is well. We know GI Joe is in the same universe because this is all connected universe. But the I think the first page pretty much did a service into um you know give it giving us a, a reference to that fact. But also, let's just say um again going to the going back to the eighty four origin may have retconned a couple of characters, in, including um the human side, let's just say. Um and without giving much of it away but i thought i was going to be slightly upset about what happened and in a way i was like wow i can't believe they did that but they did that but it was all all still entertaining enough for me to be like all right i'm looking forward to the next issue and what else they plan on doing because we know the gi joe stuff is actually also start going to start coming out within the next month or so um the uh, a proper and that is outside of Real American Hero, which is his own thing, by the way. So, yeah. Um, um, good stuff. There's, uh, If you're a reference fan, you might enjoy one p- p- panel. And also uh, a, p- a reference to Transformers the movie in a very appropriate way, I, I would say. Except for with the character receiving the end of it not being the character that, uh, that it happened to in that particular movie. So, yeah. Also, it was kind of interesting who ends up um, coming out of coming out of it first, and where Jetfire fits back into it because we that which was the tie from Boy Rivals, and ah, uh, 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 I see, right. So, uh, if you read, uh, I just got a kick out of flipping through this, and and there's a uh, a, a reframed scene. You see what I'm talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
so yeah so it was i was like all right clearly the the um the the reverence is there for this i'm like all right like i said what they did what if you keep reading or well actually what i'm thinking about happened before that but anyway if you actually read that book and, and see some of the things that happened I'm like oh yeah this is definitely a departure from from uh from that but may not be a departure from probably one of the the later animated series i'm not sure because i'm not up on those ones Regardless, that was supposed to be uh, me doing a, a, a rapid fire thing, but I couldn't help it because, like I said, the book's pretty good. Uh, next up is... Uh, oh, wow! I can see... You know what? I'm flipping through Daniel Warren Johnson's art, and there mm-hmm. are a few homages to 80s comic scenes. Mm-hmm. Panel. Mm-hmm. Particular panels. Mm-hmm that are done in this and i'm like wow i think some of them are actual old like 80s marvel transformers books like right. scenes from some of them mm-hmm. one of them is actually uh, an homage to uh a famous gi joe issue yes a very famous gi joe issue of uh ace and i think lady j in a sky striker and wild weasel and the baroness flying in a rattler and it's an entire issue of air to air combat between a sky striker and a rattler it is a well-known gi joe issue and there is an icon a couple of iconic um uh air-to-air battles that are drawn in that issue i really need to look that issue up again i i think i want to do the same thing what's that (laughs) i said you're gonna make me do that same thing now (laughs) right there's a very and and there's a panel here that is reminiscent of it Mm -hmm. i don't think it's a a direct homage but it might be so i i apologize for hijacking your this but i'm flipping through this now and i'm like oh i you know what i i i i i I definitely respect uh, uh daniel warren johnson's um uh, direction on this I, because I see what he's influenced by but obviously he's telling a different story yes already out, out of the out of the um, out of the gate yeah. but I mean it's, it's going to have some similar tones there it definitely has some similar tones but they're just like well clearly it's going to be uh, it, it's not going to get that way anytime soon um, mm-hmm. so yeah what was I going to say um, yeah this is just great you should check it out if you're if you're a Transformers fan um, although, like I said, you 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 might be put off if you're going, if you're a fan of one particular one, <laughs> which I'm personally slightly, have, I, I I admit I was kind of I was like, oh no, that's bad. But also, you know what? Given given that character's popularity, sure, I <laughs> I'm all right with this. <laughs> I'm 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 pretty much okay with this. So uh, anyway, um, yeah, Transformers number one is great. Uh, uh, Potential click of the week, like I said, it it may probably already end up going to be my click of the week. Uh, um, if that's not apparent, but we're gonna move on to Star Trek Defiant number eight, which is written by Christopher Cantwell, art by Mike Feehan, uh, colors by Marissa Louise, and letters by Clayton Cowles. Another potential click of the week. Uh, this is coming out after the events of that uh, the Day of Blood. Uh, 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 crossover event between uh, this book and the uh, Star Trek uh, ongoing uh, that just ended last week with the Star Trek ongoing. 
And of course, folks have to face the music for what happened to that, which means, you know, Worf and crew uh, end up going back to Earth uh, because they stole the Defiant they, and, and reactivated Lore, which, you know, kind of um, doesn't sit right with, uh, with, with the Federation. But they ended up getting, let's just say they, uh, things are not all doom and gloom, although it doesn't look bad at first. Um, the uh, the crew gets disavowed, and they have a new mission. Um, and that mission has some interesting um Star Trek callbacks. Um, specifically a couple that I can think of right back two from TNG and one from TOS. So uh, that's going to be interesting going forward, and also basically tied up a a loose end or two of a thing that happened with uh Worf uh during or at least leading up to the day of blood so um you know now this book can kind of cleanly do whatever it's going to do still a great read uh next book for myself is cat fight number four of five which is written by andrew wheeler with art by um alias uh Kiriazes. uh Inks by um, August uh, Kanekis or Kanekis, uh, and colors by Dennis Yatris, and letters by Hassan Atmane Alao. So, um, if you are not familiar with this book, this is basically the story of uh, a cat burglar named Phoenix Felix who got framed for the for the murder of his um, for his grandmother, who was a famous cat burglar, and uh, some folks want to deem to do something for him well we find out who finally find out who that person is um and of course um in true fashion it's always the the one that is close to you for some odd reason there's a, a few other things that happen in this but if you're not familiar with it it's not going to manage it with you but this has been a kind of a fun read they they call it like a, a john wick slash you know uh whatever else they did and a little bit of it there but it's you know, kind of a fugitive thing vibe going on with it um maybe some husband hawk if you want to go that route, but uh, Hudson but, Hawk. Yeah, no, not too many people even know what the hell that is. Jeez. But hey, if you're old, if you're of a certain vintage to know uh, that reference, good on you, I guess. No, movie wasn't great, but it was, yeah, early Bruce Willis uh, vehicle. So, want to say after Moonlighting, which is I think now on Hulu or something. But hey, regardless. Wait, wait, was Hudson Hawk after Die Hard? No, I think it was before. It might have been if it was if it was after the first one, possibly. But I want to say yeah, it might have been after bef- the first one. But I want to say it might have been before the first one. I might be totally wrong about that. I don't know. I had to look it up, which I'm not going to do at this moment. But if you want to, if you want to do that, go for it. Um, next up for me is Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck. Uh, as I find the cover here, number nine. Uh, well, script by Amanda Daybert. Art and color by Carlo Laro and letters by Jeff Eckleberry. So we still got um, Darkwing and crew, uh, that and crew being some of the Justice Ducks, if you are familiar with uh, that folks for the animated series, are looking for Launchpad McQuack's uh, compass uh, and Launchpad himself, actually, at this point. And, um, you know, are being... Uh, well, we're being called back to uh, to city to kind of to because crime is still running rampant there, but also get but they get back to the hunt and Darkwing, you know, mostly known for being a solo person at least in his mind, but he has also 
had help from his friends or at least associates that he is unlikely to call friends, but, you know, <laughs> for, but uh, they have been uh, to him are helping out with this. And I'm pretty sure it's going to come and culminate in another, uh, you know, just the league coming, just, just, excuse me, just as ducks coming together. But one of those uh, particular persons has a little beef with them because they're are similarly uh, tempered, let's just say. So that's been a source of amusement uh, in the last few issues. Still fun stuff. You should check out if you're a fan of uh, of the character Duckwing Duck. Uh, next up, we go to the DC side, DC side with Birds of Prey, number two, written by Kelly Thompson, art by Leonardo Romero, colors by Jordi Belair, and letters by Clayton Cowles. Now, this is the book I referenced uh, back to earlier with uh, that I was going to talk about the art, because the art in this has a kind of a, I'm going to say classic feel to it, probably late 80s, late, late 70s, uh, 80s kind of vibe to it, especially with the coloring uh with being how it is but um but it's not just that that is the, that is the draw here but it is some good stuff um basically uh last issue uh black canary put together a team of hitters um because she wants to um help or save her adopted sister which i did not know what she had but there's a lot about a lot of these, these characters that i don't know about it but the uh, the catch is that apparently this uh, this sister is on Themyscira, which of course you may or may not know is the home of the Amazons. Uh, so this is the reason why uh, Canary put this team together, and there was a little bit of friction once she uh, explained the the plan in this issue. But uh, apparently things are going on, uh, and thanks to one Harley Quinn who is a part of this group, they may have an inroads an unlikely inroads into uh breaking into the place to to uh to do what they need to do so and all this being wrapped up in the fact that uh canary is either getting help or was guided into doing this by one future maps mizuguchi uh who some people might know the that character i'm not that familiar with that character but i know slightly where where the, where the character yes from, so. gotham academy exactly so, but it's a future version of maps, which is kind of giving me some curious, uh, which is making me question a couple of things because sometimes people coming from the future are not always what they seem to be. But right. we don't know if that is the case in this particular in this case. But it's been a fun read. Uh, this like, as a matter of fact, I read read uh, this in the first issue back to back, and it's been fun so far. So I've been enjoying it. Uh, let's see what is next up for me. Is Strange Academy, uh, Amazing Spider-Man no, number one, which is a part three of the story they've been telling, um, which has to do with math magic, folks. There's the thing I haven't been putting up much variance, but that's okay. We're trying to move this along a little bit. Uh, this is written by, or oh, the whole thing was written by um, Carlos Hernandez with art by Vasco Georgiev. Georgiev, excuse me. Uh, color artist Edgar Delgado and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. Um, so yeah, pretty much uh, the situation has been math, ma- uh, mathematically sewn up. I was about to say, but that's not you know, it is what it is. Um, the kids, along with uh, both Spider Man's Peter Parker and Miles Morales, pretty much um, help the, the uh, defeat the um, their adversary, whose I guess name was. Um, or their villain name was Equation. 
because they were basically trying to wipe out all magic. And to do that, they were using a type of magic that uh, is uh, that's based on math. So there was a whole lot of uh, math magic going on in these these three issues. So and apparently, which I don't know if if happened before now, but I guess not, given how excited they were. The kids find 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 uh, find out about um uh that Doctor Strange is alive in this issue. So because because it had me thinking, I was like, wait, did they not? Uh, did this not come up someplace else? But then again, I keep, also forgot Strange Academy book kind of uh. Um, uh, ended. Ended. Yes. Um, I hate saying ended because I was like, this is like, ah, oh, it's not coming back, but it actually is because they they've been doing stuff like this, and I'm sure there's going to be another book at some point, uh, right? Coming up, and I think even though the way the, to keep the concept alive, which I like, I like that. I I, I saw this in today's, you know, in in this week's book list, and I was like, oh, I really want to catch up with what's going on with the Strange Academy kids. It's you should read them because uh, it's like it's, it's um I want to say the first book was uh, Strange Academy and Miles, the second one was the Strange Academy and Moon Knight, and then there's this one, right? Um, that, that that has come out in the last couple of weeks, and they read breezily enough, so and they're kind of fun to read. So you, yeah, you'll you'll probably in, in, enjoy it. And I think this the the letters page of this book kind of alluded to the fact of like yeah, this is not the, all, all we're going to see of these kids, so. Where it doesn't necessarily say in book form or, I mean, you know, in, a, in another solo series themselves or whatnot, but definitely it's not the last we, we have heard of the Stranger Academy kids, which is great news right. for me because I love those, because both Agent 7 and I uh, love, those, love those characters. So, with that, I got one more book. Actually, no, it's like, well, one more book that I've read, and I'll, I'll kind of breeze through a couple of books that I kind of glossed over. Uh, Star Wars Darth Vader number 39 is my uh, the book that I'm trying to find out right now. And this is, there we go, written by uh, Greg Pak, with art by Raffaella Ienko, colors by Federico Blee, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. Um, so this is a, uh, real quick, this is a Dark Droids tie-in. It's Vader bunches a bunch, versus a bunch of droids, one of which is an old um, Clone Wars holdout. If you're watching the video version of this, is, is, of this program, you can pretty much already see it. Um, uh, amongst with the other droids, of one of which that he is, um, that has been his, his employee that has been taken over, um, despite the fact that he does not have at this point uh, full command of the force and is um, forced to use implements to help him focus it. So, uh, yeah, there therein lies that. There's a couple other dark droids tie-ins which I didn't get a chance to read this week, but uh, it is what it is. Um, and that is it for my books, but I wanted to call attention to a book that I know Agent 70 and I were probably going to read at some point because I, w- I had warned him he was going to try to read it before the show. And I was like, no, nah, you might not want to do that there, partner. <laughs> well, at least not make the attempt. I think that's it's more it's not yes. that I may want not want to do it, but Correct. don't make the attempt to try to skim it or read it quickly. Correct. And, 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 and I'll let Roddy Cat continue. Yes. So, and you'll, and if you've been with the show and, and know what I'm about to say, you'll understand why. Because that is God's, that's G O D S number one, written by Jonathan Hickman with art by Valerio Schiti, uh, color artist Monta Gracia, and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. Folks, this is a Hickman book. There's, there may or may not be a good load of Hickman mumbo jumbo, as, as our friend Tim would say. Mumbo jumbo! Shout out to at Tim Dog ninety eight. Absolutely, and granted, that's from me kind of skimming it myself before the show. But it was a lot. It's like sixty three pages, so it's a it's a 
it's a it's a sizable opener to uh, and you're going to yeah it's going to be uh um it's going to be some pouring through but basically magic stuff that's what i got in my nose <laughs> i love how it starts off with dr strange basically saying he doesn't he's getting too old for this shit Yes, I see that. I see that. I, all I can hear it, I, when I see that and hear that, I'm just Boy, I'm too old for this shit. Can't help it. Yep. And then it goes into um, the story of the gods or the ODS, which, like I said, I kind of skimmed through it. So there's a little bit that's lost into me. But we have seen these people pop up um, in various books in the last month or two uh, to kind of intro them into going into this thing. So. Um, and it's focal, focusing on when I feel like they're kind of like the magic version of uh, the Eternals almost. I, I I don't know why I get that sense, but I kind of do. But again, mm-hmm. I'm going to go back and reread this at, at, at some point, and uh, well, not even at some point, probably after we finish this, uh, so I can get the whole the whole thing out of it. Because like I said, it's a Hickman book. It's it's slightly dense. It's going to be a little dense. Still probably going and to be a good I read. There are design elements in this too. It is very much Hawksbox. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it's a and well, and I guess uh, also harking back to his, his Avengers run leading up to. Uh, yeah. No, no, that's uh, true. No, you know, as soon as you said that, I was like, "You're right. You're absolutely right." Secret Wars. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's all there. Like I said, that was what we've been fans of Hickman stuff since then because of that. So I figured, like, hey, is he coming back to do another book? It's got, it must be something uh, significant to it. And it seemed that that might be the case here. And with that, um, I think the only other book I was just going to briefly mention, if I can find the cover of it, uh, The New Golden Age, which is a DC book. Um, here we go, here we go. Um, the New Golden Age is I, I think I don't know if it's a reprint or not I don't think it is because from what I've read of it but it seems similar to something I've read recently and all I'm going to say is it's written by Jeff Johns and it's another story of the 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 Justice Society of America's future being in danger from from what I gathered from it and I forgot to get the rest of the uh, credit uh, the credit but I figured like that just enough right there is going to whet some people's appetite because I know there are some people who love Jeff, Jeff Johnson's work. So, but if anything I said about that is appealing to you, have at it. And with that, clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. Nice, 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 almost a Halloween dramatic tone you had there going on there. <laughs> so let's see um Dirk pretty much said he liked the story in transformers but the art was meh and as, as i told him like yeah sometimes you know people feel like i don't i didn't have that problem with it but also i kind of can see what he's saying but yeah because you know what it is because it's a different take on drawing transformers right Weirdly because enough, the latest Oh, and I think even the during the Marvel years, the vast majority was clean drafting. Hmm. Very clean lines. This is very stylistic. This is very, you know, organic, but still obviously, you know, depicting very mechanical, flat surfaces. Right. You I know? feel like this is kind of taking taken a page from 
the movie slash the later animated series because they both because they also use that style. Probably the animated the, the later animated series more so because they're the more kid friendly and more you know, um, right? What have you? Right. But yeah, I I see that I see that uh, being a case in that right, especially if you're looking for a style, right? Because if you if you recall the Transformers books that I, what was it Devil's Due or Image or both Dreamwave? or IDW. Was it Dreamwave? Oh, did the IDW stuff? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, the more recent stuff. Sure. All look very clean because it's all like computer assisted drawing. Daniel Warren Johnson is not computer assisted drawing. <laughs> not, right. not, not at all. Right. Weirdly enough, it kind of reminded me of the last, which it wasn't him. I don't. I, I feel confident about the last GoBots of uh, um, series. Although that series was a little bit more, the art was. I, I I had issues with that art wise uh, in that book because it was just like what you can hardly make it was busy and hard to make out stuff all at the same time. Uh, this is not that because you can definitely tell what's what and they and they definitely do. Uh, Daniel Warren Johnson definitely does a, uh, tries to ev- evoke the, uh, the the spirit of the original uh, cartoon slash um, you know Marvel comics and whatnot. But like, as Adrian Seven said, definitely. Uh, slightly styled a little bit more organically mechanical right not in the way that beast machines went up that went into by the way so right. all right so is that your click uh that is dirt's click and yes i it is also going to be mine because yes, I so you were talking love, at length about it. i'm like is that yours also yeah i know you'd be you would have been surprised if it was something different huh <laughs> you know but yeah, it was it was between that FF and um, probably Star Trek Defiant. But yeah, the clear yeah it was the clear winner was Transformers number one for me. Gotcha, gotcha. And so mine is FF Fantastic Four number twelve. I enjoyed it. Like I said, it's been a while since I laughed as gleefully as I did when I saw mm-hmm. the last page of this book. I I really did get a kick out of it. So I enjoyed this issue. You know, you know, it, it's still kind of like a it's relatively light fare, but I see where North is going um, kind of like these stories to not fill in the time between the return, the, 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 the disappearance and the return of the Baxter building, but kind of filling in some of the the, the things that yeah, I guess he's looking to develop, you know, in a, in a less direct way. You know, by by putting in stand-ins for the the missing characters, as it as as it were, like literally putting in stand-ins for them. Right. So it's an interesting way to develop this story. So uh, Fantastic Four number twelve for me. Right. Yeah, I guess that was kind of a way to saying, you know what? Instead instead of us having to put the heavy lifting on when they do come back, we'll get them into a place to where it's like, all right, they're already in their mind, you know, in a certain place. They just want them back at this point and. You know, right, 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 right. So it it it, it, it kind of makes sense to, to, for them to do that. But yeah, I didn't expect it either. So as I'm going through the variant covers of that book, um, and yeah, we didn't get anything from Tim, but uh, that is that. That's we're going okay. To, yeah, you know, busy yeah. man. Uh, we're going to go into the cinematic news, but first, an ad read. Our first ad read of the night is for Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Blue Apron, fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. 
Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always ship free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. So place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. And now we get into the news. I was very much after I read Transformers number one, I was looking for my copies of uh, uh, the Marvel stuff and I've came across my Dreamwave copies and, and the other stuff and the, uh, the other stuff. I'm like, am I really going to pour through some of this other stuff just because I got um, <laughs> just just because I, I felt the, 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 the pulls of the 84, the Marvel book. The nostalgia. From, yeah. Yes. Like, yeah, I, I might end up doing that because those I don't think they're on that. They're definitely not on Marvel at this point because, you know, um, but. I'm sure they're going to get recollected again from uh, uh, Skybound. Anyway, cinematic news, folks. Uh, we start off with actually some Marvel hubbub. Uh, uh, in that Marvel Studios execs eye meetings. Uh, um, wow, this is weird. Basically, hey, folks, uh, we know the X-Men are probably coming up in the cinematic universe. And uh, it, uh, this report said that Marvel Studios is pretty much uh, taking pitches uh, for the X-Men stuff. Matter of fact, I think I heard or I saw an article that Claremont was, uh, was pretty much put his bid in. Really? I believe, unless, or, unless that was about him doing some more X-Men stuff after... No, I think, well, part of that article was like, yeah, doing, doing a run of X-Men after uh, the whole this Oxbox stuff finishes up. Mm. But I, I think... It also might have alluded to him to doing to doing a pitch for that stuff because it came along around the same uh, same time and whatnot. So I'm not sure. I had to go back and find that article again. I'll, I'll send it to you when I when I find it. Okay. Because um, I knew that would that would interest you, and I forgot to put it in the lineup anyway. But so yeah, that's that's the thing, folks. Um, we there is there is nothing. Marvel's declining comment, of course, uh, but. Uh, by next year, I'm pretty sure we'll find out. Um, oh, dang. Um, we'll, we'll find out uh, what is going to become of um, the, the, the mutants in... I'm so sorry about this, folks. Uh, there we go. Pink. There we go. Uh, in the cinematic universe. Next up. Next up. So, apparently, between November 9th and 12th, in wow, just about a month, um, more than eighteen hundred pieces of movie and TV memorabilia will be available at an auction held by Prop Store in London. And among these pieces will be some items from the collection of one uh, Anthony Daniels. You know that name. That name is. The name of the actor who played one C-3PO in the Star Wars galaxy. So one of those items is uh, a Star Wars head that comes complete with light up eyes. 
and other things include C-3PO's hands and feet, hand annotated scripts, and an unopened cereal box box used as a prop by C-3PO. Goodness. Yeah, just be prepared to spend Boku bucks for some of these pieces of memorabilia. Especially that head. I'm, I imagine that's going to uh, that's going to fetch a pretty penny. Yep. Uh, oh, shoot. I don't know if I forgot to put that in there. But that would be wow, you can get a coat worn by Marlon Brando when he was playing Don Vito Corleone. Wow. Yep, yep. And the axe, yep. original claw-like glove worn uh, by, uh, uh, what's the, um, the actor's name? Uh, Freddy Krueger. Oh, Robert Edlund. Robert Englund, right? Englund, yeah. Yeah. Goodness gracious. <laughs> You'll tell your soul apart. Um, next up, though. Anyway. Um, Stephen Amell shared a revelation about how long uh, Arrow was supposed to... Did you was, skip the Joker 2 new look released? I was trying to, purpose? actually. I Okay, I'll do it. Not on purpose. Not on purpose, but uh, I'll do it then. We'll 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 flip orders just so that you know I'll spare you that one. Hold on, you go ahead. Let me pull that back up because there we go. Yeah. So yeah, Stephen Amell uh pretty much was out there saying uh when how long the uh, arrow was supposed to last as opposed to how long it did. Uh, Apparently, he was at some some conference. Uh, okay, at this point, he he basically said that it was supposed to go five years, but um, you know, he says, uh, yeah, it was supposed to have all the the flashbacks and stuff that it did have, and it was supposed to catch you up, uh, blase, blase, blase. So yeah. Next up, when the East is in the house, oh my God, Psst, danger. Roddy Cat's the one that said blase, blase, blase. So, um, <laughs> anyway, uh, director Todd Phillips celebrates one year until the sequel to the first Joker movie is released by, and, and he released a new look at the movie. So, uh, he put this on Instagram and, uh, you know what? I know there are people who are waiting for this movie to come out, which is currently scheduled for October 4th, 2024. I am not one of those people. I do not think Ryder Cat is one of those people either. Nope. Haven't seen it yet. And yeah, no. Yeah, same here. No plans to either. Yeah, no, I'm good. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> Moving on. Next up. Um, watch the deleted prey scene from director uh, that uh, director Dan Trachtenberg was bummed to cut. Um, so this is coming on the the heels of the uh, the, the physical release of Prey, which is the uh, Predator prequel. That was, um, I would say, beloved at this point, because uh, it was pretty good. But yeah, and it's now out on, um, out on physical apparently. And there was a, the, there was a scene that he wanted to keep, but uh, I guess they didn't. Uh, it wasn't going to happen for some odd reason, which I don't know if this article went into. It probably did, but I'm not going to. Uh, also, it says here that Trachtenberg is tight. Trachtenberg is tight-lipped about a potential for a Prey Two, which I know has been rumored. Uh, out there and he's not worried about giving away all his best ideas on the commentary for uh for the blu-ray so there you go next up 
Wow. <laughs> this is definitely one of those. Boy, I'm getting too old for this shit. Godzilla 2000 gets a theatrical release for Godzilla Day. Just in time for Godzilla Day 2023, the King of Monsters reigns again as Fathom Events and Toho International present a special screening of Godzilla 2000, which will be in theaters for one night only nationwide on November 1st, 2023 at 7 o'clock p.m. local time. I remember this movie. I remember seeing this movie when it was released in the United States in a theater that no longer exists because that's what happens to movie theaters. Yeah, that, that is the thing. That you know, that's 23 years ago. No surprise that that movie theater does not exist anymore. I'll be honest. I had this one confused with the American made one, which. Oh, I, like, I see. No, right. no, 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 no. This was, like, this was in the week one? of the American Made one. Yeah. Right. Yeah, this was the one that came out. Sure, exactly. So I was like, why would they put that one in? Oh, wait, it's not that one. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed this one. I enjoyed watching this one on the big screen. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't think it's worth it for me to go back and watch this again on November 1st only. But you know what? It's, it's, it's still nice that it's out there. But it's going to be Godzilla Day month. Whatever. I know. No, but like I said, like I've seen this on the big screen. Like I remember enjoying it on the big screen. I actually, believe it or not, had to take a phone call in the middle of it. So I had to step out. Well, see, there you go. Reason enough. <laughs> I, I did have, you know, at this point in 2000, I did have a cell phone in the middle of uh, grad school. So, mm-hmm. yep. Um, what was I going to say about this? Nothing. Uh, well, yeah. The, 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 as this article says, yeah, Godzilla minus one, uh, minus one is going to come out a month later. So right, is, uh, right. I left that part out because you know that's another story altogether. But yeah, that's it, you know that's some Godzilla stuff coming very right, soon. And we've been talking about it, so yeah, right. totally. Uh, next up, we're going to go into the uh, anime corner, and if it, if uh, Agent Seventy will let me indulge myself for this particular transition. Thank you very much. Uh, Bleach Thousand Year Spy Family, right? Yeah. I recognize, as soon as you played it, I was like, wait, I know that. I know that. That's recent. Not only recent, uh, season two, tomorrow night. Oh, nice. So, I I do, I I remember seeing the ads for it, so I'll probably see it when I pop, uh, when I pull Crunchyroll up uh, sometime this weekend. Mm -hmm. I did watch the new, the latest Jujutsu Kaisen. (laughs) Uh, today I still also, catch up on that. Yeah, I had a um, I had an article on that, but I didn't put it in. But then, but that's for, actually that's for the manga. Sorry, it's, uh, but I got you. No, I'm up on it. Believe it or not, it's really it's really the the what the the story that they're telling is pretty. It's it's animated in like some crazy ways. Sure. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's that sounds like Mappa. Um, but where we are right now is Bleach of Thousand Year One, uh, Thousand Year Blood War, unless she's a completely original Bankai for the, um, for the anime. And for those that don't know, the Bankai is pretty much their, their super moves. Uh, I'm sure fans of, uh, Bleach, did you already know that? I'm like, yeah, you're being reductive, but hey, guess what? You're, you're, you'll be fine. Um, I am not caught up on uh, Thousand Year Blood War or Bleach in general, as I keep saying, but I really, really want to because I'm hearing good things about uh, this. Uh, this, And I like Bleach. I, I, I really enjoy Bleach when I watch it, except for, well, 
probably except for the fact that the the one part I keep getting stuck on when I go back to it. But that's uh, the you know that's filler, and that's kind of what happens. Next up, so uh, a fan studio is taking a new crack at guts and the band of the hawk in Berserk with the Black Swordsman. So I've tried watching Berserk. Mm-hmm. It's a little on the tough watch side. But then I understood that I was watching it out of order, and I was like, oh, why did I do this? Mm. So I kind of withdrew and have not returned, but it's nice that uh, you know a fan studio is coming to, I guess, do a new adaptation? Mm-hmm. But I want to say not the first time. Like I don't want to go into right. I don't want to go into all of this, but it's cool that you know that uh, uh, you know that this is a fan made project, and probably I'll stick a little bit more closer to the the manga. I would assume. I don't recall whether the the original anime did or not. But yeah, I I was going to just say not the first time I've heard um, about. I know there are people who love love Berserk, but probably not the first time it was kind of hard to watch or you know or kind of a, a bit to get through right so uh let's see pink 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 digimon adventure 2 the beginning flashes back to the original anime in a special trailer so yeah there's going to be another uh digimon movie that is going to premiere in japan next uh actually excuse me uh the end of this month october 27th and it takes up um it's the sequel to last evolution kazuno which I still haven't seen. Um, and uh, a sequel to the original Digimon Adventure, which is, was the, the, uh, the original Digimon series for, for those, you know, Digimon are the champions. And uh, folks have grown up. Uh, if I remember what I do a little bit, I do know about that last movie is um, might have been the last fight for the couple of the older members of the crew. And it kind of takes up, this is, seems to be taken up from there. Uh, with I guess the second, uh, you know, the second series. So yeah, there you go. Fans of that, uh, check it out when that happens. Next up, alrighty. So we're moving on into the manga corner, I guess. Mm-hmm. The manga manga news. I'm scrolling down, scrolling down, scrolling down. <sighs> So, Spy X Family or Spy Family creator Tatsuya Endo announced a surprising delay for Chapter 88, the next installment of the Spy Family manga. So, um, it was, I guess, initially scheduled to come out over this past weekend. And the creator behind it all surprised fans with the announcement of a major delay. So, um, ah, let's see here. There would be a delay for the next chapter until Monday, October 16th, due to the creator not being able to submit the manuscript in time. Okay. I mean, come on, folks. That's not that big a, you know, big a delay. Well, it's not. But, you know, people, you know how fans get. (laughs) So, and actually, yes, this would have been the more perfect place for me to put my transition. But, hey, I was excited. Yeah, it's all right. Um... Wow, what's going on here? Uh, speaking of Jujutsu Kaisen, there is um, a new game coming out, and there is a new trailer for said game uh, that is been released. It is called Jujutsu Kaisen Curse Clash, which, uh, if 
from the name sounds like what it is, I probably won't be playing it. Uh, let's see. Yep, it is a 2v2 3D action brawler. Uh, and again, uh, it, there's some gameplay and uh, a new playable character that is introduced in the trailer that is attached to the story. Uh, here. So yeah, next up. Actually, the trailer is not attached, unless that's what that's supposed to be, but hey. But it's going to be for all current platforms, including the Switch and PC. Um, and of course, coming from the folks at Bandai uh, Namco. So not surprised there. Next up. So we're getting uh, more info on this big crossover between the legendary MonsterVerse and the DC Universe. And we're finding out we're going to see the Justice League facing off against monsters, including Behemoth and Warbat. And Superman is going to end up fighting Godzilla in Metropolis. Um, You know, there's there's a lot of stuff going on with this. You know, whether or not it's canon, who cares? It's kind of fun to see the superheroes take on these big kaiju monster people types. Yeah, I'm just going to say it's probably not, but (laughs) I agree. Um, So this is some old news, but it's I think it's about to come out soon is why I'm bringing it up. Uh, Apparently, there's going to be a crossover with Batman and wait for it. Santa Claus. Uh, who are going to unite according to this? Yeah, who are going to according to this article unite for a brutal crime story this Christmas? Because nothing says Christmas like Batman and Santa Claus uh, teaming up. Of course, and of course, uh, in true fashion, it is called Batman Santa Claus Silent Night with a K. Oh, oh. Hmm. I just got to read this part. Santa Claus teams up with Batman to find out who's truly been naughty or nice, uh, uh, which is a four in, in the, the aforementioned title, which is a four part crossover event written by Jeff Parker, drawn by Michelle Bandini uh, with cover art and variant covers by Dan Mora, Otto Schmidt, Derek Chu, uh, Tony Chastain, Chastain, and Ben Oliver. So, yeah, this was I think this probably came out of the December solicits, uh, but I didn't catch it at the time, which was, again, this article was from like August. But uh, this is going to be released or at least uh, the first issue is going to be released on December 5th. So, you know, just so it can wrap up in time for Christmas. And you can also watch that that storied Christmas movie, Die Hard. So, yeah, next up. Okay, so spoiler alert for uh, the pages of the content in the pages of Batman and Robin number one. Apparently, Damian Wayne is, um, you know, well, at least in the pages of the story, uh, the perfect code name for his adult hero persona may have been introduced. So, uh, you know, I mean, that's interesting because while there are a multitude of Robins, they, uh, several of them, not all of them, but several of them have taken on different code names as they have, quote unquote, graduated from the role of Robin. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this one sounds stupid. Yeah. Yeah, not say. a fan. I'm not a fan. Yeah. Um, also, I, I did notice in this article, um, it, it this. It mentions that apparently uh, Grown Up Damien is still not only reading and uh, reading manga, but apparently writing his own. Um, so that I'm glad they kept that from from the Marvel the, from the Robin series. 
But also, the character's name is not surprising. Uh, Damien Vane. So, yeah, crickets. A little self-insert there. Anyway, um, I think, come on, next story is uh, Power Girl gives herself, has a new um, secret identity, which I honestly really didn't know her old secret identity, but I do remember from recent readings of things, her name was Paige. So... Uh, apparently, her new identity is Dr. Paige Stetler. She works for the Daily Planet as a tech columnist. So, you know, uh, I wonder who got her that job. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Nepotism, folks. Let me stop. Um, but, yeah, apparently she's a little bit more in line with the rest of the super, the super family at, at, at this point, uh, which I guess I saw shades of in the um the steel uh, uh the steel series that's going on now so yeah but also now that I think about it I saw that thank you uh yeah that stupid commercial popped up I hate uh ugh, hate him this is why I might have to end up stopping using CBR um anyway but yeah, she's she's got a new secret identity now, and uh, yeah, uh, all continues to go well. But she's still the feisty, uh, apparently. Next up, though, uh, James Gunn announced in a tweet that he will play a new role in spotlighting the DCU's heroes and villains with the help of a new official book. The book titled "Strange and Unsung All Stars of the DC Multiverse: A Visual Encyclopedia" will be a visual encyclopedia written by Nubia and the Amazons and Wakanda comic writer Stephanie Williams. The book will also feature a foreword by Gunn himself and is now available to pre-order ahead of a November seventh release date. Okay. Yeah, I saw, the reason why I saw this at all was because I saw her. Um, she was she was so proud to get a copy of, of the book. I was like, oh, I didn't even know this was a thing. So good, I'm I'm happy for her and all this. She's been doing some good good stuff. So cool beans. Um, Jerry Duggan reveals the location of Iron Man and Emma Frost's honeymoon, uh, and it's probably the yeah. Where would would folks like that go? Apparently, they're going to Hawaii. Hmm. So. Um, I don't know if we're going to see that, but, uh, but, but, uh, yeah. Oh, I guess we are going to see it in, in 11. Uh, so yeah, there you go, folks. We'll talk about that more when that issue comes out. Next up. Marvel releases the cover and, and, and interior art for Jonathan Hickman's new ultimate universe. So Marvel's ultimate universe. Number one's cover and interior artwork show, Thor, Iron Man, and more in the extra-sized one-shot issue. So I don't know if I'm gonna if I'm completely on board with this new Ultimate Universe uh, that's gonna come out on November first, but I'll probably take a look at it, much like I did with you know the original Ultimate Universe. Whether or not I collect anything, that's eh, you know it's left up to you know myself and my wallet. But ultimately, you know, I'll take a look at it. Right. I think the most I still got from that stuff is um, trades. Mm, I, I, I collected the ultimates. Right. Back the, then. And that's specific. Yeah, exactly. I, I collected the ultimates when when Miles was introduced. I, I, I picked up 
you know, his first appearance, which is a good thing because it's, you know, it's not, it's now worth a few bucks. Um, but, um, but yeah, like, you know, I, I was very much out on most of the Ultimate Universe. So they did some we'll weird s- shit too. Yep. So, and it was Bendis. So got to go figure. But, um, um, yeah, some shit happened. Or in, in was doing the ultimate stuff. So. Oh, sorry, you're right, you're right, you're right. Maybe that was what I'm thinking about. But Bendis was, um, but Bendis was. Oh, yeah, you know, he was doing Ultimate Spidey, yeah. Right. Um, but no, I'm thinking of the Ultimate Spidey, so, and that was Miller, Miller. So, yeah, you're right. That's where some of the weird stuff was, like, like, oh, there's plenty of weird stuff in the X stuff too, in the X Men stuff, the Ultimate X Men yes. stuff. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. That that is the right <laughs> that is the right phrasing for that. But, so, and right. um, but yeah, um, I was gonna say I'm probably gonna check it out, but yeah, I, I want to kind of go back and I don't know why revisit the, the old stuff. And um, as folks will, may or may not know, the the Ultimate Universe is the basis for the MCU, so it's going to be curious as what's going to fall back into this new universe, if anything. Um, from that, which we've talked about before, uh, Marvel announces 2023 New York Comic Con booth schedule signings, merchandise giveaways, and more. We know Agent 70 is going to be on deck, uh, there next week. So this is pretty much just showing the, the, telling what the, the, um, the Marvel stuff is going to happen. Um, so we know he and uh, one Matt Wayne 97 is going to be here, and this is pretty much all of the panels and everything. The next big thing um panel which is probably going to have some more uh announcements of stuff and, yeah. and whatnot uh, as they tend to do at these things so etc 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 next up yeah it's going to be interesting oh you know, actually oh. sorry go ahead no i was going to say it's going to be an, an interesting new york comic con next week mm-hmm. very interesting you uh, know uh I'll say very quickly, you know, I know we're still in the middle of the news and, you know, we will be talking about what our schedule may be next week, which obviously is in flux and probably subject to change because, you know, that's the way things are. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, um, you know, our, our, our priorities change over time. You know, we get not even older, but just they just change over time when it comes to Comic Cons. And I feel like, you know, these announcements it used to be super fun being there live to hear them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's such a priority anymore, but it's still nice to be in the building when they happen. Mm. Okay. You know, that's just the one thing I want to say about that before, you know, because I obviously we will talk about our schedule for next week towards the end of the show, but I wanted to mention that. Sure. So I wanted Next, to mention I'm sorry. Uh, before before we go, on, I wanted to mention this to you, Agent Seventy. Since you are going to be there, this may or may not be of interest to you because I'm reading this article, uh, and it says that uh, Hasbro is going to have that um, uh, going to show that uh, that Giant Man figure. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I saw an article about that, and also it looks like they're giving away uh, copies of uh, the. Um, the Marvel Multiverse uh, RPG rulebook, the core rulebook that just came out, and they're um, and they're going to be talking about the new expansion that's going to come out that is around. Okay, so hey, if you want a copy of that, you, you know, maybe you'll get one while you're there. Hey, so, you know, uh, if you have any interest in it, you know, at the very least, yeah, pick it up just to read, it, just to have it. Right, I, it's still in my Amazon cart. You know, for later. (laughs) (laughs) Well, right. But hey, but if you end up having to pay for it, if you can get one here, hey, there you go. 
Anyway, right. next up, though. All right. All right. So check this out. Adidas launches new Marvel Spider-Man 2 gaming-inspired Peter Parker advanced suit and Venom collection. So uh, Marvel Spider-Man 2 arrives globally on October 20th, not far from now, for the PlayStation 5 console. I actually dig this image of the Adidas Ultra 4D Advanced. Mm-hmm. I might actually wear that. That's actually kind of cool looking. It's not a bad looking shoe, all, all told. I mean, I'm not even a big sneakerhead, but I was like, okay, this is a little restrained. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like this. Listen, I was a, I'm was a fan of those Asics X-Men sneakers, the, mm-hmm. the Kith ones. Yeah. But, yo, those are in, like, blind boxes. I'm like, that's crazy. I can't do that. Yeah. So for those who are not watching the video version and can't see the issue, it's pretty much the uh, it's pretty much the shoe in, in Spider Man colors uh, with uh, with a black sole with a little uh, Venom symbiote coming creeping up on the side. Exactly, and that's really a cool look. Mm-hmm. That's a really a cool look. I like that. Yeah, that's what I said. It's 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 a uh, it's restrained as opposed to how crazy they could have done. So uh, I'm I'm you know I won't probably won't buy them, but yeah, I, I'm liking that. That's pretty cool. Right, so it's going to be available on October 20th via the Adidas app, online, in stores, and in selected retailers. So I'm going to take a look for those because I like that shoe. That's a nice-looking shoe. I am not the big sneakerhead, but I do have. I have recently kind of updated an old roster of sneakers. You know, kind of got rid of a couple old pairs and brought some new pairs in. And since I took up um uh, uh a sport again i needed to get some sport specific sneakers for that sure. but um i will say that i do not own a single pair a single pair of adidas right. i'm a nike person i have one pair of asics and that's for, for a specific sport but i do not own a pair of adidas sneakers i have adidas warm-ups when I show up to play, I'm usually wearing Adidas like warm-up pants or, or sweatshirt, but I do not have a pair of sneakers. This might actually be a, the first pair of Adidas sneakers I own in a long time. And of course, uh, um, you, you you can't go too far without saying my Adidas, which I, I still don't have to drop for you. Walk through concert doors yeah. and roll all over Coliseum floors. Yep. Absolutely. I stepped on stage what? at Live Aid. What? All the people gave and the poor got paid. Yep. <laughs> Still a hip hop 50, uh, 50 for We're going to ride this into the rest of the year and, pro- and beyond. Anyway, um, Marvel releases a, tarot, a set of tarot cards in the guidebook. Uh, they're featuring Wolverine, Loki, and more. So, yeah, 78-card tarot deck. I really kind of want this, even though I'm not in the tarot. But I am in the cards, so that is my fatal, fatal failing. Um, see, the, the, the deck in the guidebook was written by Sidney Barwick and illustrated by Lynn McDowell. The cards uh, pretty much got um, yeah, a bunch of Marvel characters on it in various tarot-like forms. Um, it is on sale now. I don't see a price. So, yeah. Next up. Ah, I got the Marvel Legends article. Marvel mm-hmm. Legends The Void. Build-A-Figure Wave is going up for pre-order. It's already up for pre-order as of October 3rd. So, this is a very interesting wave. And Roddy Cat and I were just talking about this. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly filled with fan favorites. Which kind of scares me. 
Um, you know, the Build-A-Figure is the character The Void. And that's not exactly like, you know, a character that is, you know, in demand. But, the, you know, the, the wave consists of the Squadron Supreme Power Princess. I know we are slowly building out the Squadron Supreme. Namorita, the comic version of Namorita. An updated version of the Vision on the new pinless technology, which is, I think, a, a, a draw for a lot of people. Yeah. The one character I really want to pick up is the new Warriors Justice, because this is the costume he was wearing when he was an Avenger also. Right. This version of the Black Panther, the Marvel Knights version, the the the... The, the late 90s version costume is intriguing because I think this is the costume he's also wearing when he's on the Busiek Perez Avengers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it's, it's 70 and I was talking about Photoshop. I'm, I'm debating this one, but go on. Yeah, and, and, and finally the Void looks cool, but the Void is also... Um, well, no, not finally because... Uh, uh, 90s Namor with all his crazy hair, the eye. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a fan of that eye. The oh, eyes, the, the eye makeup. That's yeah. kind of whack. Um, also, but, a weird pull. Yeah, yeah, but they, you know, because Namor is, you know, there. Uh, Kristar, Marvel's Kristar is in in an interesting pull. Yeah, that's what that's what I was, what I was talking about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Marvel's Kristar. Right. But the void being the build a figure, I mean, yeah, you know, if you're going to like have the sentries, you know, other side. Yeah, right. I guess. I guess. You know, they're running out of characters to make build figures out of. But also, wait, what version of Demorita is this? Because I don't, this is, I thought she was pink. Uh, they must have evolved her at some point to be blue. I would assume. But yeah, like, I don't remember this version of Demorita, so. Right, 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 right. Because she was pink with the new warriors. Right. Um, but also Wonder Woman. I mean, Power Princess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like this new vision. I got a vision already. I might, but it, this is still a, a potential. I got a Vance Astro, but mm-hmm. you know, this is the new warriors. Uh, this is the as I just say, uh, new warriors Avengers version. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. This this is the figure that I probably will target. The Black Panther is a nice get because you know uh, that particular style of costume for him came around at a time when I was you know reading books that he was in, and obviously the Marvel Knights version also the yeah, Marvel Knights book. Um, so. the, yeah, the priest book, I believe. Yes. Yeah, that was a, the one. So that would be the other reason for me to get it. But Kristar, yeah. of all places, of all, of all. <laughs> hey, of all you know characters. what? You gotta re- you gotta revive the license somehow, or I, renew the license somehow. Yeah, but who 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 knows of that's a, a very early '80s thing, if I'm not mistaken, or is it late '70s, early '80s, if I'm not mistaken? But yeah. who, I mean, listen, we're digging deep to the archive for these waves, you know. Well, I'm, uh, uh, you know, uh, you call it like being Bruce West. You know, digging is one word to say about it. Shoveling. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, he's a far more harsh critic than I. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think he specifically said that, but I'm pretty sure something similar has been said. Uh, I, I remember seeing him saying. But regardless, move right along. Heck. Um, hey, guess what, folks? You want some uh, Doctor Who in your magic together? Well, guess what? You are in luck as um, the two will cross over with each other, and not surprisingly, uh, into a set of commander decks. Uh, Doctor Who themed co- uh, commander decks. 
which is a version of Magic uh, that I won't go into because I don't really play it. But regardless, um, so yeah, there is going to be, um, yeah, the first four Doctors are going to be, um, going to have their own decks, um, which, uh, you know, me being me, you'll probably get the fourth Doctor because that is the one I came in with. Uh, but... Yeah, the the four decks are going to uh, represent different eras, and is going to be you know filled with some stuff that I'm pretty sure is probably going to be canon. It looks like it's probably already out. I'm uh, for some some sort of money. Oh wait, hold on. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see what they're doing here. Gotcha. So yeah, they are going through the different eras. I guess the uh, the four the first four doctors are going to be in one box, and uh, some of the newer who's including David uh, David Tennant's version and Jody, uh, uh, I forgot her last name already. The newest, the, the last uh, Doctor who, who, which is not David Tennant, who just came back, uh, that version is going to be uh, represented. So there you go. Next up. Image Comics is giving James Tinney and the Fourth's World Tree, or World Tour 33, another reprint. So, number five, issue number five, like its predecessors, receives another reprinting due to popular demand. All right. I had no idea this was that popular. Yeah, neither did I. We, we keep seeing it every now and then in the box, but it's like, I don't know. Uh, next up, uh, end of an era for uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in that Sophie Campbell, who has been writing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, is for, well, since it's like, the 101st issue is uh, leaving the series with uh, 150. So it says here the build up to 150 starts in, in uh, issue 145, which kicks off the world of 150 branding. And the new story arc will see um, the turtle family divided and Donatello taking it upon himself to, to uh, stop the rise of a new villain called Armagon. Um, and apparently a fortune is too late. So I don't know if there's any word of who's going to come in after she, uh, ends, if anything, but yeah, that's an, an impressive enough run (laughs) to, to go out on. So, I mean, 50 issues is nothing to sneeze at these days, especially next up. All right, so spoiler alert for Void Rivals number three. Um, was this last week or this week? Wait, is it three or four? I guess it is three. Yeah, that was three. Three. Yeah, it was last week. Last week, right? So guess what? Uh, uh, it, the, in that issue, it brought back a classic Transformers character. Um, not going to spoil it. It's only a week old. Four. Four. Four was the last one. Oh, four. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, four, no, no. Four. Because three three has some stuff also, but four. So this is so this is what I was gonna bring up real quick. Um right. yeah. If, you read through four and it's the story that's going on in Void Rivals, it's kind of enemy mind or or warring fa- or four factions you know, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Right in the dead in the middle of the story, it just cuts away. Just right in the middle of the story, and oh, here's this transformer, you know. This <laughs> is for a page. Uh, right. dealing with somebody who came to, to with another Transformers adjacent character uh, who showed up in 3 for, or a couple of uh, up to 3 and I'm sitting here like that was just out of the blue like now you're just getting crazy with it because uh, I was thinking it was going to be a, a, a little closer tie to uh, Transformers number 1 which was not uh, directly 
but you know it was like that was just abrupt it was kind of funny and for those who are curious it's shockwave okay uh, yeah i wasn't gonna spoil it but okay i mean it's a week that's a week old it's fine no. <laughs> next up all right um, speaking of uh, Transformers number one, um, um, Dirt told us about this beforehand. But uh, Transformers number one sells out before the, it even hit the store, before it even gets uh, the printings hit the first store. So it's getting a second printing. I actually might try to go see if I can hunt down a copy, honestly. But. Um, yeah, so it's going to get a second printing and actually going back to Void Rivals for a second, there's another variant cover for it that pretty much spoils who shows up in that in that thing also, which was kind of funny because um, certain places are taking that as the as, as the main cover, which is not anyway. So, yeah, good, good on um, good on, you know, good on Skybound, good on Hasbro, good on Transformers number one. Mm-hmm. Not surprised, to to be honest, because, you know. Transformers fans as well as G.I. Joe fans. I'm pretty sure G.I. Joe uh, is probably going to be somewhat similar in this respect, but we'll see. Right. Next up. Next and last in terms of our stories tonight, Terry Moore sets a science fiction graphic novel uh, for 2024 and teases the end of single issues. So the Strangers in Paradise creator is announcing more about his new project in April. So uh, during a live stream, uh, Strangers in Paradise creator Terry Moore told fans that he plans to write a new graphic novel in 2024, which he will crowdfund on Kickstarter. The as yet untitled book will be set in space and will be a hybrid of comics and prose, an approach Moore has taken before. The story will not be a part of the Terryverse, the shared universe that he has connected all of, that has connected all of his existing comics previously. Robin Moore, his wife and publisher, also said that she thinks they may together be done with single issue comics and be moving fully into original graphic novels in the future. Bold move. I feel like the hey. only thing I know of Terry Moore is like Love and Rockets, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Is it, um, Strangers no, in Strangers in Paradise. There we go. Yeah, I always get those conf- confusing. It says right there. But regardless, I've heard of it. I just never read it. Um, right. Actually, this is not the last um, the, the last movie because I forgot I pulled this one. But ah, no, no, it's right. fine. This one's quick. This Rod one's quick. not giving me all the stories. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I have no. Toy Corner, by the way, after this. So. Yes, you do. Actually, this is good news uh, because Chris Claremont, Bill Griffin, Griffith, uh, George Perez, Walter, and Louise Simonson, Wolf and Marv Wolfman are named to the Harvey Hall of Fame and will be recognized during a ceremony during uh, Nor- uh, New York Comic Con. Yay! That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I saw that. I was like, yeah, I got to put this in here real quick. Because uh, so, those are some names that we know and, and, and have enjoyed. Most of them. And sadly, some of them are not with us. Yep, yep. Rest in peace, George Perez. Absolutely. So, uh, but yeah, now that I is... look forward to seeing Walt and Wheezy. I always see. I I always see. I I usually see Walt, but um, I don't always see Wheezy. But you know, lately, you know, in in more recent years, Wheezy's usually sitting with him right. if they're if they have a table to you know, if he has a table on his own. If he's being hosted by another company, sometimes he's there by himself. Right. Well, and now that she's got that gene, I guess she's doing the green gene gray and she's got Pow Pack coming out and, you know, right. she, got, she got her own stuff uh, kind of popping up. 
like recently. Right. That'd be another reason for her to be there. So that's cool. And I'm sure you'll you'll catch up with uh, Charles Saul. Like he's gonna be there. Yeah. So. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. There's all there's a group. You know, like I I haven't picked up anything Soul has been writing in a while, but it's it's always uh fun to say hello. So. He's kind of all in on Star Wars at this point, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because yeah, he's probably got some sides, to, like some creator stuff, but I can't, that's the only thing I know that he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I remember when he was big pushing Letter 44. Right. Yeah, I still need to finish that or read that. that right. I haven't, I haven't not read, I have not finished reading that. I, I think I've read the first trade. Yeah, because that seemed all right. So with that, folks, uh, we are going to push this along. I think Agent Sevenis did say he had a toy corner, which I'm going to give yes, him the... Yes, very quickly. Give him the spotlight right there. Yeah, so very quickly, I wanted to just show a few things that came in uh, this past week. Um, my first, the first salvo in the X-Men 97 figures came to me this week. I'm going to shut my um, virtual background off for the people on video so that you guys can see this. Yeah, blur doesn't help. All right. There we go. So, this is the Storm from the X-Men 97 Marvel Legends. And believe it or not, the drawing on the box is actually a very, very strong depiction of the figure. And it's actually pretty cool. We had questions about the hairstyle that would be on this figure. It's a nice kind of like mohawk slash like kind of full hairdo right that storm has you know i can't imagine like um modifiers like popping that head off and putting it on all sorts of different storm figures you know just to you know just to get that look on a different costume but i didn't not i did not have the the uh the original white costume storm so i'm glad to have this because i got the black costume one instead when it first came out you know, this version with the cape. So I'm glad to have this. Next up, believe it or not, sometimes good things comes good things come to those who wait. Sometimes. Sometimes. It's not a hard and fast rule. It's not. Sometimes you miss out on stuff and it's you're never able to find it. Forget even for a decent price. You know what I mean? So I hemmed and hawed for many a moon about getting this wave of the fantastic four i did pick up one figure previously which was the 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 the, the flamed on johnny storm with the um the, the the black uh uh details the black stripes on him that uh that were you know long famous and you know that I picked that particular figure up because I thought that was just a great way of of rendering the Human Torch, and I I I declined at the time to pick up the rest of the wave because it was the burn blue and white costume, like the negative zone reversal costume, and ultimately that's the FF of our youth. That's the FF of the '80s. Even though I read a lot of you know comics that predated that. A lot of the FF costumes, a lot of the FF art that we saw going in, into even the early 90s, just before things went a little sideways for the FF, had the blue and white. 
And I ended up picking up. Not one, not two, not three, but all four of the FF wave of the burn FF wave. So first up is Reed, Mr. Fantastic in the lab coat. All right. With the different looking stretchy arms, the stretchy fingers, really. There he is for the people on video. It's kind of cool. I like the lab coat. And uh, next up is, you know, the much maligned version of Sue Storm. You know, yeah, I'm not a fan of the facial sculpt on this. But you know what? It's still not terrible. You know, I looked at it very closely. And Roddy Cat and I had uh, made uh, some, some, some kind of off-color jokes about um, lighting and, uh, and, and the effects of it on certain things. Uh, next up is Benjamin Jacob Grimm. The ever-loving blue-eyed thing. It has a nice little alternate head and the blue and white trunks. And last but not least is the variant of the group. The, the, the variant of the group is actually the Human Torch in human form, non-flamed-on form, in the blue and white burn costume. And it's interesting because I'm reminded that, uh, as, as Cat uh, reminded me, that um, the animated series from the 90s use this color scheme and it is the animated series from the 90s that is depicted on the box art so you know it's kind of fun to see so you know what's funny about this wave is that i i I still have not picked up the psycho man or the high evolutionary the comic book version of the high evolutionary um those are the other two figures in this wave in this assortment so but uh, but yeah i picked up these four figures for less than what it would cost to pick up two full-priced figures, two current-priced full-priced figures, the entire wave. I mean, all four figures, that is. Not the wave, but all four figures. So sometimes good things come to those who wait. You are muted. You are muted. Yep. Um, I was about to say, uh, sadly, no Herbie and no She-Hulk, who are also among so, the, the animated So version. the Herbie was previously released. Right, I know, but right. <laughs> we did get a Her- we did get a Herbie with the Sue without yeah, that was uh, in the traditional blue and black. Which you did you ever get that one? I can't remember. I did. Have that, okay. I have that whole I have that whole group. Okay. So the the original Walgreens um, release. Right. Hmm. The original Walgreens release. So yeah. I did get that. Um, yeah, we do not have a She Hulk in FF uniform though. Right. Get on that, Hasbro, because we know it's probably coming. Anyway, I mean, we're getting Chris Star. Yeah. <laughs> I just want a ROM Space Knight. Please give me a ROM Space Knight. If Marvel got the license back to publish, I want a ROM Space Knight Marvel Legends. Do you have any idea how happy a certain corner of the fandom will be? Uh, specifically you. Uh, potentially, they could do it either way because it's Hasbro either way. Right, so, right. They'd share in the profits. Right, but it wouldn't be under the Marvel Legends banner right. necessarily. Putting it under the Marvel Legends banner though would really give it that kind of exposure. Mm. So. Well, watch them kill me and make it a builder figure. I was just about to say that exact. Watch, thing. just watch. <laughs> They're going to make Rob Space Knight totally a builder figure it. and throw in like five figures that I'm just going to have to bite the bullet and, and buy. A fire race. 
So I remember, if I, from what I remember correctly, I think my cousin had the 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 ROM figure. And I think it was like wasn't it like twelve inches? Yeah, it was. Like it was a big figure. It was a tall figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my cousin had that. I was like, oh, I don't know who this is, but that's that's a cool looking robot. Then yeah. I, then I oh, I I would be very very happy with the ROM Space Knight uh, Marvel Legends. Like I would not care who like. You know, I, that would be like front and center on my bookshelf, like behind me. Mm-hmm. Rom freaking Space Knight, man. Get on it, Marvel uh, and Hasbro. All right, folks, we're going to get into one last ad read before we get out of here. All righty, our last ad read of the night. You know, we've been on this for a while. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit CSPN.us to click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, etc. Especially Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today! There we go. All right, folks. We're going to get out here, but first, a little programming note. Next week, as we have said a couple times during the show, is New York Comic Con. And 1870 is going to be pretty much there, uh, part and parcel, full and barrel, and and all of his glory. So, hey, if you see him, say hey. Um, Yeah, I'll be there all four days. Um, The weather's not supposed to be great, which sucks. I do not like carrying around a wet umbrella in the Javits. That's terrible. But... Um, I will probably be there Thursday evening, all day Friday, most of the days Saturday and Sunday. So, you know, look for me, say what's up. Uh, I will be out and about, you know, I'll be taking photos much sharper this year. You know, that's kind of like a, a, a an inside joke uh, between myself and Roddy Cat. Um, my photos will be much sharper um, this Um Lots, lots more pixels, let's say. And, um, you know, it, it'll be an interesting time. You know, my, 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 my collecting habits have evolved. My Comic-Con habits have evolved over time. It's very interesting to see the evolution of it over time and, and, and what, I, what I'm drawn to, what I look for, what I spend time on when I'm there. So... Um, I'm looking forward to it and I will report back, uh, if not next week, the week after, because as I said, our schedule is kind of wacky when New York comic con is around, whether or not we do a show or we skip a week and come back, we'll have a lot to talk about. We'll have, you know, at least one episode of Loki in addition to it. So, yep, yep, yep. Uh, okay. Stay tuned, stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. That's all. That the best we can say is stay tuned. Yeah, and how you can stay tuned is if you could uh, do the, the follow us on the following. I have been Radicat. You can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Agent underscore seventy on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Threads. For as long that's that's gonna be there. Um, PC and underscore Dirt. On Twitter, Popculture Network on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com, and all the umbrella sites they're in. And uh, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter, and CB Cron on Twitter. Also, 
uh, The Click Nation on Twitter. That's T-H-E-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N. TheClickNation.com, spelled the same way. But most importantly, uh, Tim's over at uh, ComicBook.com, writing his face off under the name Timothy Adams, which is his name. Uh, you can find this here podcast on the Coastal Podcast Network. That's uh, CSPN.us. Do it today. You yeah. Uh, you can also find us on your podcast personal place of choice, whether it's Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the course of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and leave us all the positive five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts, so people can find us. Yeah. And, of course, you can mostly find us every Thursday night within, uh, with, with, with ex- certain exceptions, like tonight and probably next week, on... Right. <laughs> on uh, the YouTube channel of the Click Nation, that's youtube.com slash the Click Nation, and twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. We appreciate anybody who's who come watches either versions of those or the other version, uh, whether live or um, you know after the fact. Appreciate it. Right. Make sure to click like, subscribe, hit the notification button so you know when we are on. But also bear in mind that this fall is very busy for us. We have several things going on. There is, in fact, a movie protocol night not too far away. Let's see how that plays out in all of our on all of our calendars as well. So, uh, just stay stay informed. Keep following us on the socials and listen to the show to 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 get some of the latest news on what we're doing in terms of broadcast and recording times. I can safely say we're not going to have a, another movie protocol like we did this during this summer. So, <laughs> or at least in the time. Yeah, soon. that was a little crazy. That yeah. some this you know the twenty three the the summer of twenty twenty three movie protocol was a little nuts. It was kind of funny. So, and with that, folks, this has been the Comic Book Chronicles. Peace, peace. One. <laughs>